Radiant Life Church, it is a pleasure to be with you today. Forgive me as I get my high-tech stuff up here. I just started using an iPad to preach from, you know, going high-tech, got rid of the paper. Finally, I'm a little bit behind in technology. But I am so excited to be with you today on one of my favorite days of the year, Mother's Day. As I look at my babies in the front row, oh man, as a mom, I just have so much joy and just pleasure in them. Well, I would like to take just a minute and just let us honor you. So if you are a mom or a grandma or even a spiritual mother, because let's not forget the spiritual mothers, you are extremely important to the kingdom of God. If you're a mom, grandma, or a spiritual mother, would you stand for a second and let us honor you? Look at these beautiful women. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do in your homes. I'm sure your children will tell you today. Thank you for what you do here at the church to lead as godly mothers. Well, I know some of you may know me and some of you may not, so I thought I'd take a minute and just introduce myself to you. My name is Danielle, and I am just honored that this past year, that I was asked to come on as the Ohio Ministry Network's Women and Girls Director. So that's a mouthful, isn't it? OMN Women's and Girls Director. And let me tell you what, it has been a journey. About 14 years ago, I knew that God was calling me into ministry, but I thought it was just to do ministry alongside my husband, who's also a minister. I always felt like God had something specific for me. So I constantly asked him, God, what do you want me to do? And I heard nothing, so I waited. Then 10 years ago, I was, we lived in Virginia at the time, and I was asked to come and help at a women's breakfast that met every Thursday morning, every other Thursday morning. And I did it simply because there was a need. They needed more leaders, so I said yes. Oh, when I did, my heart exploded. And I knew that this was what God was calling me to do was to lead women to him. And now I get to live out my calling, my heart, and my passion by leading the women of Ohio. Isn't it so cool how God works out in the perfect time? He works everything out. Now I get to tell you about some of my favorite people in the world on most days. <laughs> Is there a picture up there? Let's see. Oh, there they are. Oh, my goodness. They have my heart forever. My husband is Jason, and we have been together for 23 years and married for 18 of those. He was my college sweetheart, and we have three babies together, even though not a one of them is a baby anymore. They're still my babies, and all the mamas, you know what I'm talking about, right? They're still your babies no matter the age. I have Addison, who was our first, and she's 15. Avery, who is about to turn 13. So I'm about to have two teenagers in the house, pray for me. And Zechariah, he rounds us out at seven. And he is just a bundle of energy and such a character. If you get a chance to talk to him, do it because he'll just crack you up. Well, our house is, it's full of laughter. It's noisy. It's sometimes hectic and chaotic. But honestly, I would not want it any other way because it is the blessings that God has given me. Well, now that we've become acquainted, let's go ahead and dive into today's message. But let's begin by praying real quick. Could you bow your, bow your heads with me? God, I just thank you for today. I thank you, Father, that, that we get to be 
in your house to celebrate Mother's Day. God, I thank you for every mother in this room and every mother that is listening online. God, I thank you for the spiritual mothers in this room, Lord Jesus, and online. Father, I just pray that you will be with us today. Help us to take the word, Lord God, and hide it in our hearts, Lord, that we can live it out, Lord Jesus, but not just that, that we can share it with others and we can change our families, change the trajectory of our families, Lord God. I thank you, Father. Be with us here today. May my words be yours, Lord Jesus. And in Jesus' precious, holy, and mighty name, amen. Well, I know with today being Mother's Day, you might be here because it's all that your mama wanted was for her children to be in God's house together. If that's you, thank you for making your mama happy. Maybe today you dreaded coming to church or you chose to watch online because for you, Mother's Day messages and sermons just bring pain and disappointment. If that's you, know that I have been praying for you this week. I've been praying that God will carry you and that his Holy Spirit will comfort you and give you a peace that passes all understanding. But I do believe that I have a message that's not just for mothers, but it's one that if we all listen in, we can learn from it. It will encourage us and challenge us and we can apply it to our lives. You all have been in a series called Enjoy, and I'm telling you what, when Pastor Rachel called me and asked me to minister here today and told me what the series you were in, I knew pretty quickly after that that I would be speaking on Enjoy the Journey. Enjoy the Journey. How many of you would agree that this life we are on is a journey? Mamas, would you agree that motherhood is a journey? Sometimes that journey is just straightforward. It's like driving a Tesla, right? You can put the put whatever it is that they do on the Tesla. I have no idea. Put it on, no hands, be able to sit back, relax, cruise control, and enjoy the journey. Other times, the journey's a little bit more difficult. You might have some detours. You might get lost, and the enjoyment of the journey is just simply gone. One Mother's Day, Jason asked me, he said, honey, what do you want to do to celebrate today? And I told him, I said, I just want to go on a hike with the family by Alum Creek. Sounded like a good idea, like a journey that I would enjoy. Until it wasn't. On that day, Zechariah was just a wee baby, and I had one of those packs that you put on your back, and I put him on, and I started to lead my family throughout the woods, and that was the first wrong turn that we took. Because I'm going to be honest with you and tell you, I am completely and totally directionally challenged and my husband should have never let me lead the way. A short journey that was supposed to be a mile-long trail that which should have taken about 30 to 45 minutes with kids ended up taking us over two hours. By the end of this journey, we were so tired. The kids were complaining. I'm trying to sing songs and do all the things to get their mind off the fact that we are tired, hungry, thirsty, picking ticks off each other. I don't know what was up that Mother's Day, but the ticks were like, whoa. Picking ticks off of each other. Jason had to get his GPS out to try to take the lead to get us out of the, out of the woods. Thankfully, though, he saw that there was a pizza shop right nearby. So as we were on the trail, finding our way back to our van, he ordered us a pizza, 
And we were able to get out of the woods, go get our pizza, no mind the, the bait. It was a bait shop, and there was bait right next to where we had our pizza, but it was delicious pizza, and we were able to have ice cream with that as well. But that Mother's Day journey, I can't say that I enjoyed every part of it. To enjoy means to bring joy. So today, we are going to look at what God's Word says about joy. We're going to look at some things that may be a detour on our journey or some ways that we can keep joy as a central part of us, helping us to really enjoy this journey that God has for us. We're going to begin today by looking at the book of Philippians. Philippians is known as the joy book of the Bible. Throughout this short four-chapter book, the word rejoice or joy is in there 16 times. Paul wrote this letter to the church that he planted in Philippi, and it's apparent from the beginning that he loved this church. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6 says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. For whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I'm pretty certain that if Paul was writing this letter today to the church, he would send it to us. Or at least we could hope so, right? It's important for us to know, though, that, that Paul wrote this letter 10 years after he ministered and started the church in Philippi. And he wrote it while he was imprisoned in Rome. He was chained to guards, yet a joyful spirit dominates this letter. There's a section of the letter that seems counterintuitive to our culture today that I want us to take a look at. Let's look at chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. It says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped me to spread the good news. For everyone here, including, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Now that is a picture of what joy is. Paul's in prison. His circumstances are dim. He doesn't know if he's going to be released are killed. Yet, he has joy. Paul shows us that joy does not equate happiness. They're not the same. Let me explain it to you like this. Have you ever spent time planning a family vacation to the most magical place, Disney World? You spend so much time saving up for it, then so many months planning the perfect trip. And here you are, about to enter the magic kingdom with your babies for the first time. You enter the gates, and there it is, the castle. They see the castle. They see the balloons and all the people on Main Street and hear the music that's playing and all the smells that are coming out of the shops at Main Street. And you look down at their sweet little faces, and all you see is extreme joy, which as a parent brings you joy. Well, let's fast forward about six or more hours after your kids have been overstimulated. They've been fed all the special treats that Disney has to offer. 
You've stood in line for Lord only knows how long, and you try to entertain your children during those long lines while enduring the Florida heat. And you pop into one of those little shops because it's hot outside and you just need some AC for a minute when your kid spots those Mickey Mouse ears. And they're $40. And you know for sure if you buy these Mickey Mouse ears for your kids in the next 5 to 20 minutes, they'll be broken or lost. So they ask you for the ears, and you tell them no. All of a sudden, something magical happens. I don't know how it happens, but they lose muscle control in their legs and they melt to the ground and begin to cry. Your once joy-filled child is now throwing a fit in the most magical place in the world. His joy or her joy is gone. But in fact, you know, that's actually wrong because it wasn't extreme joy that your child was feeling. It was extreme happiness. Joy and happiness, they're very similar, and they can feel the same, but they're different at the very core of each of them. Happiness is based on happenings, and joy is produced in you. Happiness is cause and effect, and it comes and goes, whereas joy is constant, even in the worst circumstances. Paul's happenings at this point in Scripture weren't so great. He's in prison, not sure if he's going to be released or put to death. He's chained to a guard 24 hours a day with no privacy. Things are not looking up for our friend Paul. Yet, he has joy in spite of his circumstances. See, joy in, in all circumstances is not something that our society pursues or really even understands. The pursuit of happiness is the central idea. Happiness is what the world is constantly trying to achieve. And if you pay attention to what's happening in the world, you would see that happiness is what they're always looking for. Do what makes you happy, they say. But the pers that pursuit, the pursuit of happiness, gets in the way of the pursuit of joy. When we seek to find happiness, we can easily deceive ourselves and, and telling ourselves the feeling that we're feeling is joy when in fact it's happiness. You see joy and happiness come from two different sources. I believe that this may be the most subtle obstacle or detour to our lasting joy because happiness is constantly moving, constantly changing. Our desires and wants are always changing. Proverbs 27 20 puts it this way. It says, just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desires is never satisfied. The list of what can make us happy is always increasing, always changing. It's because happiness is insecure and needs to be fed, while joy is confident and the standard never, ever changes. See, joy is not an emotion or a feeling. All the mamas, you know what I'm talking about here. I'm so glad that as a mom, I could still have joy in moments like this. Let's take a peek there. Yeah, look at those babies. You see that shiny stuff? That's Vaseline. 
My sweet little Avery decided that she would take Vaseline and just slather it all over her hair. And she talked my oldest into letting her share it with her, which seemed like a kind thing to do, I'm sure. But the thing is, this happened the day before we were supposed to get our family pictures taken. And if you know anything about Vaseline, you know this does not come out easily. Okay, Johnson & Johnson was not cutting this. It was not happening. I definitely had some feelings in this moment, but I'm thankful I was still able to have joy to carry me through all of the attempts that I had to try to get that grease out of their hair. Thank God for Dawn dish soap. If your kid's ever getting Vaseline, I'm telling you, Dawn dish soap for the win. See, joy is not something that comes and goes, but rather it lives inside of you. If you're taking notes, make sure you write this down today. Joy is a person, and his name is Jesus. When we have a personal relationship with Jesus, we're able to have a joy that is unwavering. It's not based on our circumstances, but rather it's based on our connection to the Father. So how do we keep our joy throughout all of life's ups and downs, throughout all of the different circumstances that we face? The first way we can do that is by making sure that our perspective is right. Go ahead and look at your neighbor and ask them, is your perspective right? Oh, y'all have, have to be honest. We're in the house of the Lord. <laughs> but our perspective must be right. We must have a bigger perspective because it is the key to keeping our joy. So what is perspective? Perspective is knowing what really matters and seeing the big picture. Perspective provides enormous meaning to the seemingly trivial. I had an aha moment a while back that helped me to gain some perspective. I was doing laundry, and as I was folding these endless amounts of laundry, I was really starting to get frustrated because I knew for a fact that some of these things that I had just washed, dried, and was now folding had only been on the bodies of my children for maybe five minutes. Some of it, they had not even worn. They simply tried it on, and it showed up in the dirty hamper. And I had just washed it, dried it, and now I was folding it. I was frustrated in planning my come-to-Jesus conversation with my kids as soon as they got home. When in an instant... The Lord took me back to before I had kids and it reminded me of the struggle that I had to conceive my first and how I, I had cried out to him so many times for a baby. And now he had given me three and I was frustrated and grumbling about laundry. You see, God changed my perspective. Instead of being frustrated about the laundry, as I folded their little clothes, I sat there and I thanked God for hearing my cries and for giving me my children. My perspective had changed. Our friend, had the right per our friend Paul had the right perspective. He's in prison. Terrible things had happened to him. But in verse 12 of Philippians 1, he can say that everything that had happened to him had helped to spread the good news. Now that's perspective. Paul had what I like to call a gospel perspective. You see, he could have complained about what was going on. 
He could have complained that he was chained to a guard 24 hours a day with no privacy. He could have doubted God and said, God, where are you in this situation? Why aren't you saving me? Why aren't you making this better? He could have even just wanted to give up and say, you know what? This is too hard. I'm done. But he didn't because Paul had a gospel perspective. He saw his life in light of the gospel. He said, I'm going to further the gospel no matter what. No matter what is going on in my life, I will shine bright for Jesus and I will share him everywhere I go. Perspective allows God to use you even while you're stuck in difficult situations. Maybe it's a difficult work environment, a difficult relationship, or financial difficulties. Maybe it's a, it's a scary diagnosis. Maybe you're a mama who's fighting for her kids with everything that's going on in our school systems today. Perspective will help you to see the big picture and will allow God to use you even through the difficult situations. Another way we can keep our joy throughout our journey is by learning how to be content. I'm going to be honest with you. This is one I have to be mindful of. I have to really practice contentment. And it's one that can be a detour in our journey, and we can get stuck in it pretty easily and pretty quickly. I can remember a time when my kids were little and my daily grind consisted of feeding the kids, making sure they got their nap, changing dirty diapers, doing the dishes, making sure I was cleaning up the messes, doing the, the laundry, making sure I was trying to take time for myself and read my word, take a shower, make myself look like a human. All the mamas know what I'm talking about. Those young years of having the little ones at home, it's a struggle. Then I met a mom at my church, and we became friends. Her kids were a little bit older than me, but I'm telling you, this is the mama that had it all together. When her family showed up at church, they all looked put together. When, when they, they got there, they were just so kind and loving. And I'm telling you what, I would just look at them. They always arrived on time, too. How they did that, I had no idea. And I knew for certain that there was no way that she raised her voice at her kids to get them out of the house because they were late like I did. There was no way that had happened. Her family was amazing. Her house was always clean. Dinners were delicious. Her kids were well-behaved. She could carry on a conversation without a mama, mama, mama interruption, unlike me. And so I asked her one day, I said, how did, you, how did you do it? How do you do it? And she simply reminded me that she was in a different stage of motherhood. Her kids were older than mine. And she told me, she encouraged me, she said, Danielle, be content with right where you are because this will pass. This season will pass far too quickly and you'll look back and you'll miss those messes. You'll miss those little moments. And you know what? She was right. That's what contentment is. It's being satisfied with right where you're at and with what God has given you. Contentment is not having everything we want but instead enjoying everything we have. That's a hard thing for us in America sometimes, I think. Paul teaches the church in, in Philippi about contentment, and 
He says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13, it says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That last verse there, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. It's extremely popular, right? We see some of you may have it hanging in your house in beautiful frames. But the ones before it about contentment aren't really ones that we see at Hobby Lobby in the beautiful writing and the beautiful frames, is it? But it's ones that I do believe that we need to lock in, memorize, or have it hanging on our fridge or somewhere in our house as a reminder of our need to be content. I'll tell you that I believe that discontentment bruise when we allow the comparison game to begin. Comparison is the thief of contentment. In our world today, we have a 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week view of our, our friends' highlight reels on social media. And usually we have it on us at any time with it being on our friends. Or on our phones, excuse me, on our phones. At any given moment, I can open up my phone and I can look at Instagram, Facebook, or whatever social media platform you use, and I can see how I don't measure up as a mom, as a friend, as a daughter, a sister, a Christian. I can see all the things that my friends have and what I don't if I allow my mind to go there. The reality is, though, what we're comparing ourselves to is not reality at all. It is simply the highlights of our friends' lives. When we allow this cycle to continue, though, we allow our contentment to be stolen. And ultimately, we will not enjoy the journey that God has for us. The best way for us to combat comparison, though, is to practice gratitude. Thank God daily. Thank him daily for what he's given you. Thank him for the big things and the things that seem to be minuscule. Ecclesiastes 6.9 says, It is better to see what you have than to want more. So instead of wanting more, try practicing gratitude. We can also combat comparison by by trying to live a life of daily surrender. You see, contentment is more about a posture than it is possessions. It's about assuming a posture of surrender to God. It's saying, God, I am yours. It's the kind of surrender that says, God, help me to put my focus where it needs to be, on what you've given me and where you've placed me. Help me to focus on the things that will last, not things that will be gone shortly. Surrender is about remembering that you are unique. And God has made you that way. There is no other you in this world. God has made you unique and he loves you dearly. And you don't have to compete 
with anybody. Surrender is about living for the audience of one. And when we do this, when we choose to stop the comparison game, and we, when we really live for the audience of one, I'll tell you, we will be content and enjoy the journey. Lastly, and most importantly, hear this, church. We need to keep our joy tank on full by making sure that we are fully rooted in God. Allow me to put my teacher hat on. I used to be an elementary school teacher. And tell you, give you a little lesson in the root system of trees to help explain this. You see, every tree that grows has one root that is called the tap root. It's the odd root of all the, the root system because of its size, its depth, and the centrality of it. It's usually as big around as the, tree, the trunk of the tree is and goes as deep into the ground as the tree is tall. So this is the central root to the tree. It's the root that gives the, most tr the tree the most nutrition. It's the root that gives the tree the stability and power that it needs to withstand strong winds and storms. It is the primary root, the anchor. You see, God is like the taproot of your life. He's the primary anchor of your life. He's the primary one who nourishes your soul and your heart. Just like a tree needs a taproot to survive, we need a taproot to survive. We need that root to be our God root. So how do you get this? Paul writes in Ephesians 3, verses 17 through 19, and says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how high and how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul is saying, how do you experience life? How do you experience strength and power and stability? How do you live fully enjoying the journey God has for you? It is through your roots. It's by being radically connected to and rooted in God and his love for you. Paul is saying, if I can ask for anything for you, it's that you would grow a God root and that you would enjoy God fruit. The fruit that I'm talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know about you, but in my life, I need as much of that fruit that God will give me on a daily basis. All the moment, you know what I'm talking about. We need as much of that fruit as he will give us. So if you want to enjoy God fruit in your life, the incredible strength, stability, power, hope, love, and joy, then you must grow a God root by spending time in the Word, by continually talking to God. When I start my prayer in the morning, I was told a long time ago, don't say amen. Just keep it going all day. And that's what I do. I talk to the Lord all day long. And I take time too to hear him speak to me. A lot of times we're so ready to talk to God, but we don't take time to hear him speaking to us. 
Friends, when the God root is present, you will have a gospel perspective, just like Paul. When the God root is present, you will be content with what God has given you and where he has placed you, just like Paul. You won't feel the need to allow the comparison game to control you. You won't feel weak. You won't feel empty. You won't feel defeated. But what you will feel is unexplainable, unshakable joy, peace, and love. And here's the really cool thing. You will be like Paul's example, and you will enjoy every single part of the journey. You will have joy no matter the circumstances in your life. Good, bad, difficult, on cruise control, it won't matter. You will have an unshakable joy. Moms, obviously, this, this isn't a typical Mother's Day message, but it is perhaps exactly what we need most because it's what our babies need most. It's what our children need most from us. More than anything else, they need us to have our joy rooted and built upon the joy of the Lord. And they need us to share that joy with them. Of all the good things that you have done for your children and all the things, all the good things that you will do in the future, sharing an unshakable, eternal joy that comes from being rooted in God and having a personal relationship with Jesus is what we are called to do as godly mothers. Church, will you please stand with me today? Go ahead and bow your heads. I want everybody here just to have a moment between you and God. Maybe you're here today and you can say that you're not rooted in Jesus. You've not surrendered your life to him or, or maybe you did before, but you've drifted away from him and you have lost your joy. If that is you, can you simply signify that just by raising your hand real quick and then putting it down? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Church together, can we pray? Can we pray this with those who have raised their hand? Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I believe that you are the Son of God, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life and be the Lord of my journey. I give you all that I am. Use me in Jesus' name. Church, you know what? There were some here today that gave their heart to the Lord for the first time. And they say in heaven, when one person gives their life to the Lord, that there is a celebration. I think we can do better than that. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Friends, maybe you're here today and you can say that you feel like your joy is dwindling. Your perspective is off. Maybe you spend too much time playing the comparison game. Maybe you're a mom here today and you can say, man, my joy tank is just, it's not like it used to be. I need Jesus to boost me. I'm struggling through the season of motherhood that I'm in. With all eyes closed, can you just signify that by raising your hand? Yes, yes. Father, I just thank you. God, I thank you that we can come to you in all circumstances, God, and that you hear our cries. Father, you know where each and every person is, Lord. Whether it be a season of, of ease, Lord God, or just a difficult season, Father, I pray that you will meet each and every one of us right where we're at. Lord, that you will fill our joy tank, Lord Jesus. You will help us to stay connected and be rooted in you, Lord. God, that we may have joy in all of life's circumstances. And Father, we will shine for you no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter the circumstances, the difficulties, the good or the bad, Lord. Use us, Father, to bring others to you in our journey. Help us, Lord, to enjoy this journey that you have given us. In Jesus' name.